Welcome back to Wacky Talkies with your hosts, Nathaniel, Ruby, and Hoaxters Cam Soli. Yeah, yours truly. All right. Hey guys. Going up on a Tuesday. Oh yeah, we are recording on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The best possible day to record. Alright. Excuse my chewing, I'm, I'm eating Chick-fil-A uh, french fries. Yep. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is the devil. Yeah, but we're not a Chick-fil-A podcast. We yeah. are a movie podcast. We are not. An entertainment Thank podcast. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's talk about what we did this past weekend. What, what oh, did we do this weekend? Man, I saw a stars board. And you didn't like it? Yeah. Oh, you had not watched it? Yeah. I, uh, it's, uh, all I can say is stick with the Judy Garland version. Oh, I have <laughs> not seen that one. There's also the... Barbara Streisand version. Yeah, well, you're better off missing that one as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what did you do, Ruby? I actually watched that movie Vice. You what? How was it? Ruby's I, not a fan of politics, but she apparently really likes this. One. I did. Like, I I saw what you were talking about. How this director, like, he didn't make it just a typical boring political movie. Yeah. Which is why I don't like political movies for the most part. <laughs> He did so many different things. Like you said, he had the guy, the donor. (laughs) Spoiler alert. uh, He had the donor, you know, narrating. Uh, And just from the bat up, you know where the tone is going, just where they show the flashback. He's working with the electrical guys. One of them's busted his leg open. He's like, it's all good. Yes, that's (laughs) another thing that got me. I'm like, was he literally like that every time he had a heart attack? Yeah, I mean. Oh, sorry, guys. I gotta, I I think I gotta. Everybody knows about that. I did not know that. You didn't know. No, that? I didn't know. I told my husband. I said, For I guess years, I did not know that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't know that much about Dick Cheney, but actually, I did know about when he accidentally shot that dude. Oh yeah, that it was just nice. like, and he never apologized. Never apologized. <laughs> it's like what a fucking douche. But he was such a good dad. Well, almost. I don't know. No, he's kind of mean to his husband and daughter. Yeah, at the end, he chose the. Uh, Actual the straight, older daughter. Older daughter <laughs> which mm. That sucked. Yeah, like, we gotta go back to war. Mm. We need oil. We need oil. Okay, so um, I went to uh, two film festivals this weekend. Yes, he did. He is yeah. the man here. Yeah, in a, representing a film that we all made together. Yes. Two of them. In fact. Woo, woo. Wait, yeah. no, I gotta do that sound that I learned on the uh, new Kevin Hart thing where he's like, mur, 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 mur. it's a DJ. Like sound. It's very. Oh, I know what you're saying. I thought you were. I thought you were trying to do Beethoven's Fifth. I thought you, that's what you were trying to do. God bless you, Nate. Thank you. Okay. Now tell us more. Tell us more. Okay, so we. Uh, yeah, because we did a uh, one of the films was in uh, Shutter Speed Film Festival. So it was. Um, and the film that we did together was a film called Your Land, My Land. It was a short film, four minutes long, and good film. Yeah, and it was story. about uh, two immigrant girls, one from Mexico, one from North Korea meet up and then they bond over this new life in America even though they can't unlikely friendship and, yeah, and all that and um, they're sweet nature yeah right. um, and another one was a film called On My Way Back yeah which uh, was about uh, you went on your way back to the festival <laughs> and we went it was about a, a spur of the moment road trip uh, from San Diego to Dallas after uh, the events of 9-11 and yeah, which Santos I, is yeah. wonderful in that yeah, and 9-11 was a good subject, like I thought, and it was a good story. Oh, it was a true story, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and so... Uh, There's plenty of accounts you can probably attest to having similar encounters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so the first festival that I went to was a Shutter Speed Film Festival here in Arlington, Texas, where the Cowboys annual, yeah. yeah, cool. The, where the Cowboys play base uh, football and the Rangers play baseball, yeah. um, and that was really fun. It was at the Holiday Inn, and we saw all the stuff, and it was really nice. And then after that, yeah, I booked it to uh, uh, around Southwestern University uh, down it. there, and. It was uh, in a place called GTX Film Festival, the first one, the inaugural one. And Wonderful. Cool. It was at the City Lights Theater. And, and that, and you didn't get any of that from Film Freeway, or no, it was all through Film Freeway. It, oh, it was on there. Okay, cool. Yeah, both of them was Film Freeway. So. Lovely. What? <laughs> yeah, I prefer Film Freeway over Without a Box. Any day. Yeah, I can't. So, did you win anything? Get anything? Who nah, won? We, we, nominations, we, though. Hey. We won. Yeah. Right. Our friendship. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what we did. All right, yeah, so that's done. what we all did dad, today. Dad. So today we're going to be talking about uh, cyberpunk films. Cyberpunk. Uh, cyberpunk Which films. Which I am really not a interesting. Fan of. <laughs> a explore a fascinating array of future corporations fighting to the dead, virtual reality, mm. interior mind of a android or cyborgs. Yeah. Just wonderful stuff. No. Yes. Oh yeah, we got some here. You can see the video fans already. (laughs) They were programmed to be fans, but whatever. Um, But uh, we all have our own lists on what we uh, what our favorite cyberpunk films are. Otherwise, no episode. (laughs) Yeah, and so that's what we were planning on doing today. And so I'll go first. Um, And I basically just uh, looked over the films that were available to me at the time. (laughs) Um, So I might have me missing some. So that's what you guys are for to fill in the blanks. Hey, we all got three. We got three heads are better than one. Yeah. (laughs) So like the first film on my list, I mean, like all of these are all not bad films, like all not terrible films. I'll say there are no wrong Um, opinions. Remember that. (laughs) All from really good to not that bad. And I'm starting with the not that bad first. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the first film that I got here was made in 1990 by uh, an American filmmaker named Mark L. Lester. Uh, you can watch it for free <laughs> on Voodoo right yeah, now. And it's, well, yeah, and it's, about, and it's called uh, Class of 1999. It's right. supposed to take place in 1999 Seattle, and it's supposed to be about where teachers have been secretly placed in schools where the students have run riot, like these gangs, like these youth gangs, and where there's no parents around, and they're all just kids being gangs, gangsters, or whatever. And cyberpunk? Yeah. Yeah. Cyborgs, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and then the the teachers do a good job controlling these unruly, like, kids until they go too far, and some kids become suspicious because they're, like, robots and such. Oh, they're robots. Yeah, the teachers are robots. Okay. Um, But it 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 was made in, like, the 1990s. Right. Well, 1990. Sequel to Class of 84. Yeah. One of Michael J. Fox's first movies, by the way. Is it nine, is it the sequel of Class of eighty four? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. So, um, uh, so, yeah, because it was it's about it's about that. Uh, but yeah, because it was takes place in nineteen ninety. But everybody there dresses like they're in the nineteen eighties, <laughs> even though it's supposed to take place in nineteen ninety nine. They made them back to which back. was like nine years in the future, according to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so it, but it, it's a lot of I guess nineteen eighties fun, like all these practical effects going on. An interesting and, precursor to all these diehard in a school type movies like The Substitute and Toy Soldiers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was it was pretty fun. It wasn't that that amazing. It was kind of just silly. Yeah, it was it's just silly fun if you want to just turn your brain off and watch something watch something silly fun. Silly fun. Yeah. 
And another film that, uh, going to a more recent film, the next one, is uh, Ready Player One. Yes. Yes. Um, By Steven Spielberg. Um, People complained about how it was adapted from the book. I'm like, I'm sorry. Just all the time and work that was put into this, how can you not like this movie? (laughs) My husband really loves that movie. Yeah, I I read the book and everything, and I really enjoyed the book. Um, Such great themes on, you know, how you become in love with reality versus fiction it's just mm-hmm. touching yeah I, I, I always imagine that that film was about like uh, about how escapism is it could be okay to a, a degree to, to a, a degree, degree yes but when it starts like controlling your entire life and everything around you that's when it kind of becomes a problem and it really went beyond the trailer it was not about just hey let's throw in movie references those are just all part of the easter eggs showing mm-hmm. how yeah. everyone's mm-hmm. fascinated yeah. with fiction yeah so for those who don't know uh, this film is on. Is, it takes place in 2045 Columbus, and is adapted from the novel by Ernest Klein. Um, and it's when, and it's about uh, when a creator of a virtual reality world called the Oasis, who's played by Mark Rylance, um, dies, and then he releases a video that releases this giant uh, worldwide treasure hunt within the game, which he uses like clues from films and television and games and music and everything you can think of um and it's up to uh the main character Watts or Parsifal uh played by Ty Sheridan to find it before the evil corporation does um so yeah that's what it's about but um one of the things that I really liked about the novel over the book I mean not the novel over the book the novel over the film yeah, duh, um, because there's always more yeah. when you read it. That, and it mostly focused only on 1980s pieces. It only focused on 1980s pieces. While in the film, it went all broader. Mm. But I really like the idea of it just focusing on one decade, because I think it's more centered that way. Yeah. But, um, and and there's a lot more, like, a lot cooler Easter eggs there, because like, there was, like, Blade Runner references and mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah. there's like old retro video game consoles and Pac-Man and this and that. Uh, but they have life to them as opposed to hey, did you get it? Did you get it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the ma- I remember in the film the major uh, thing was the Shining scene. Yeah. Oh man. Really yeah. well featured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Funny so, obstacle course too. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember like how it began. It was like, it was like, oh, somebody found the first key. How? Don't worry about it. It's there. <laughs> but I in, yeah, I remember in the in the book, it was uh, the it was actually like a total of six trials. Like you had to go through a trial to get the key, and then you got to do use the key to unlock the door to go through the first trial, mm, and then yeah. and then you do that. Um, and I remember the first uh, trial was. I believe uh, Parcival was supposed to find like this skull uh, uh, arena, which is supposed to be like a level in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go on to the next level. Oh my god, yeah. D&D. Yeah, which is a level in Dungeons and Dragons, and he goes in there, and then he has to beat uh, this like this Crypt King, like kind of like that, like the Zombie King, in a game of Joust. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you know what Joust is, it's, yeah. it's an old video game. Uh, about with ostriches and they, you joust people with them and you have to be, and then he has to once he beats him then he gets the key oh okay and then I, I believe the key 
unlocks the door where he has to reenact the entire film of war games yeah yeah where he has to like i totally forgot about yeah wow yeah the cops um, also look exactly like the ones in Minority Report, another Spielberg favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. Near the very end, especially when they're plugged up and they're looking around, checking the data, saying mm-hmm. who's hacking into our damn system. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're thinking, hey, that would be really funny if they did it with uh, Quest for the Holy Grail. Well, you're in luck because they go. did that too. Yep. It's a good, that's a good film. It's a really, it's a very, like, when was it made? Film. It was made in like the 1980s. Talking about Raiders? Yeah. I'm, I think we're talking about a Quest for the uh, Quest for the Holy Grail, the Monty Python. Film. Oh, 75. We're talking there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It could have been a double meaning, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. there's so many other meanings that even the filmmakers don't know unless they were really behind the scenes. Like Zach Penn who co-wrote that movie had previously written a cult favorite known as Last Action Hero and he didn't know until after the fact that a lot of the visual effects artists had put in a few easter eggs for that movie in there and he's like oh my god you're kidding (laughs) (laughs) ooh jeez so I saw a fighting circus it came out in 1975 yeah so yeah you can watch it right now on HBO if if you want um can't go wrong there. Yeah, and then the next film I, I on my list is uh, a really good film called uh, Total Recall. Yes. By Verhoeven, by Paul Verhoeven. Yep. The the Dutch filmmaker. Which one is that? What year? The Came old on, one, right? Yeah. It was with Schwarzenegger. Yeah, with Schwarzenegger. Okay, that's on my list too. I was yeah. I was just born, so. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm glad you did your research on this one because I did not. <laughs> And All I had was the name of the movie and oh who was in it. Did you watch it? Cyber, yes, but okay. cyberpunk is not my favorite genre, like I said. Okay. Well, this film is, it's about, uh, what is it about? It's about uh, a man. Howdy, goes Quaid. On, yeah. Goes <laughs> on a virtual vacation uh, of memories of the planet Mars. Um, and in an unexpected, har- unexpected and horroring series of events, Force him to go to the planet for real, or does he? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's it's left up in the air. Uh, yeah. um, and it's starring pill, pill. Schwarzenegger as Quaid, the main character, yes. and it's from the novel uh, "We Can Remember It For You Wholesale" by Philip K. Dick. Right. Um, Followed by a spinoff show that had more to do with Dick's uh, Blade Runner than it did Bl- uh, Total Recall. Yeah. And then followed by a remake that was really meant to be more of a reimagining of the novel, but still referenced the movie. I know it's confusing. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I remember uh, there was this one of my favorite lines. Um, hey, Ruby, can you say, uh, you won't shoot me, I'm your wife. What? Say, you yeah, won't shoot, shoot me, me don't shoot me, I'm your wife. Don't shoot me, I'm your wife. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Consider that a divorce. Yes. <laughs> that was the most epic line. That was wonderful. My God. <laughs> then you got Roddy Cox. It's like he's trying to give Hans Gruber and Die Hard a run for his money. That is yeah. so funny. You should have known. Yeah. But yeah. I really like that movie too. I think for me, I watched that as, you know, a younger person. I was young. I was like. You do see Arnold evolving here. He's not totally in sci-fi action mode again, but he is at the same time. Mm. They, and Verhoeven does a good job of satirizing all the over-the-top, violent, you know, 80s and 90s action movies. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the like the, the best thing that I had seen with like something futuristic like that. It was so odd. And Mars just, being yeah. a little touched up. Yeah, and for me, it was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I liked it. 
do you think that what do you think do you think it was reality or was it a dream mm, I, <laughs> it doesn't to me matter. it seemed like it was reality I haven't seen heard the commentary but I'm sure it doesn't matter it's just like <laughs> I, it's up in the air just like with Inception like I don't know did you know the although ending... this one doesn't feel like a cheat like Inception like Inception don't get me wrong it's a very entertaining movie but it I've noticed flaws in it each time I rewatch it. Really? More, like with people I need to re-watch shooting it. at each other from only like a few feet. I'm like, how are they missing each other with giant ass machine guns? <laughs> that just pisses me off when I see shit like that. So, but you notice when the dial starts yeah, spinning, yeah. it kind of slightly spins and it's like, okay, so you guys didn't even know if it even stopped spinning. <laughs> right. And you know what? And I've noticed that me and my husband do that now. We criticize movies like that where we're like, some movies are only meant to be Just like us. Once. I told you, did y'all watch us? I watched it. We, we'll talk about that. Okay. Because okay. um, I gotta go back. There's so much in that film that I just gotta gotta read and relook. Okay. There's you a lot. Away. You might not think there's a lot, but there's a lot. Um, but about uh, Total Recall, uh, do you think it's really about like the everyman, like an every, like your average Joe trying to be extraordinary? Even though he's not. Extraordinary? I think he's gonna live in his own slice of heaven or hell, depending on. Um, what he thinks he's in, you know? oh, okay. <laughs> whether that's getting the girl or whether that's continually running away from people who want to kill him. Yeah. So, <laughs> and what do you think about like that whole social commentary about how like the poor have to be like all mutated and everything, and they're like, oh, like it's a wonderful and... illusion for even healthcare nowadays. Is like they they eat their own poison while the rich, you know, they can beautify their themselves with holograms or other cyborgs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Or just yeah. say, hey, I got just talking money. talking about so. it, it makes me want to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Where can you watch it now? Um, you can watch it now on AMC. Um, oh, why would you want to see it on TV? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, was... Fun fact, back in ABC, many online users would tell me how funny the premiere of it was. Because it's like, when he first gets, you know... You know how the movie only really becomes violent when he's first being apprehended by all the workers that we thought were his buddies. Mm-hmm. And it's just very gruesome, even by today's standards. But what's so funny is they would very dice it up real fast. And then next thing you know, he had been captured after commercial break. It's like, how the fuck did he get captured? <laughs> Who apprehended him? What did I miss? <laughs> I've been uh, watching the TV the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, because when I watched it on AMC, I watched the it's the PG thirteen version. Right, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to. I mean, because they like censor the like even cyber channels is pretty violent. <laughs> They're gonna yeah. cut out the rat deaths and yeah, the free you... the free booby prostitute. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they what they did was they like cropped it so it'd be like here. Yeah, that's oh my god, not uncommon. So <laughs> you um, have to. I mean, it doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah, um, and also they were like censor the curse words, so he would be like. Hey, you. <laughs> Just like, and, what's the point? We already know what he said. Yeah, I know. And oh, there was that one scene where they edited out a middle finger too. <laughs> oh yeah. So where he was like, it was a scene where the cap taxi driver was going back, and he was like uh, haranguing another taxi driver because he got uh, Schwarzenegger to go in his cab. Mm-hmm. So right. he was like, so the taxi driver was like, hey, what the. What's going on? It's a first word. And so, and then the other taxi driver just goes out and he has like this closed fist. Like that. And so it was like, hey, so about this. And he was like doing this. It kind of, Voice, voiced by the lovely Robert Picardo, who later played uh, the holographic doctor on Star Trek Voyager. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys think about the role of the, uh, the taxi driver? 
Because he was a, a mutant, but he betrayed them. What do you think that? What do you think that? It's means? a very. It just gives a fine line of comedy in between. Yeah, I mean, the you serious have moments comedy. without overdoing it nowadays. Nowadays, today's movies are just too many. well, too many movies. They don't understand mood or tone, let alone the fact that those are two different elements. Mm. And so half the time you'll have violence and, you know, people shouting out punchlines and you don't know how much of it is clever versus poorly edited, yes. well edited. And it's just like, well, we got a broken record here yeah. one way or the other. So, <laughs> and it avoids that, I think. See, I think they tried to do that with us and it was kind of off, to be honest. Okay. Although I kind of agree with the commentary they're saying. It's just, mm -hmm. it's up to you. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. so Total Recall ended up winning two Oscars. One for oh, Best cool. Sound and one for Best Sound Editing. Not visual effects? No, not visual effects. <laughs> I had the lovely honor. Nate and I were both from UTA. I had the, do you remember when one of the heads at Sony, this was one of the first ones to launch the Sony Visual Effects Department. I don't remember And that. one of the heads of the visual effects sequence for when he's at the airport and they're scanning the 3D segment and they can see that he has a gun. Yeah. Uh, you know, that... I know that won him some awards at some other, like, places that honor visual effects. And it was one of those, is like, serious consideration because, like, that is an integral part of the story even though it's, like, a mm -hmm. five-minute blurb, you know? <laughs> yeah. Plus, they also, they also mostly also have this good combination of, of visual effects and also practical effects. Yeah. Also. Practical and visual without mm -hmm. taking you out of the story because so it didn't matter if it had outdated itself, you know, you're still engaged in the movie because it's part of the story versus, hey, let's just throw that in there, see the Pepsi can, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, the next film on my list is a more, a more recent film that came out um, by Canadian filmmaker Denis Villeneuve. And it really? is the film Blade Runner 2049, mm. which takes place in 2049 Los Angeles. <laughs> um, I didn't like that one. That movie was so boring to me. To be fair, you should have seen yeah. the first one. Well, this film... <laughs> I did. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this film is the long-awaited sequel to the original Blade Runner by Ridley Scott. Yes. Um, and I'm glad they kept him away from this one. Oh, mm. boy. <laughs> yeah, and so it is about a young Blade Runner's discovery. The Blade, young Blade Runner is played by Ryan Gosling to a long buried secret, which lays him down to the trek of the former Blade Runner Deckard, who is played by Harrison Ford. He reprises his role, and who's been missing for thirty years. You want something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> um, now the thing about this film, it's 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 very it's very art house about this film, and I think it's like. It uses its, its use of visuals. Mm -hmm. Out of all so the comebacks and sequels, I liked how the first part was homage and mm -hmm. getting everyone sold back into the world, and then the second part was let's continue the story and unfold in this new twisted web of lies, new worlds, new parts of this mm -hmm. city. Yeah. Now the thing about uh, like I heard a lot about people praising this film as being. Uh, one of the, if not the greatest sequel ever made, because I put it up there with Godfather too. Yeah, because this film, uh, not only even T two, like, like does what a sequel should do, which is like exemplify what the original was, right? Without overly, overly like piggybacking off of the original. This is the yeah. well, yeah, it's the exact opposite of what I've had an issue with all these Star Wars and Terminator. Spinoffs. This is like they're too busy winking at the audience. Oh, yeah. It's like people who saw the first ones, 
these are the ones who are here. Mm-hmm. Stop telling us what we've already seen. Oh, yeah. Build on it. Mm-hmm. As like, opposed to, hey, we're going to have another space station that, guess what? It also blows up planets. Yeah. <laughs> what now, is that? Was J.J. Abrams involved in the making of this particular He film? was not, but he okay. was involved in the similar Westworld show. Okay. Because when, cause this film focuses a lot on Abrams' mystery box that he talks about. Because a lot of it is, like, in the beginning, it sets up, like, this mystery, and now he has to figure out what this mystery is, mm-hmm. and then it slowly reveals itself. This is going to be a spoiler progress. for the movie. I still don't know if he got complete, I wouldn't say happiness, but resolution from, you know, untangling the web. Mm. From what I end, saw at the end, He kind of clum- shimmies down and is goes into deep thought. You know, he's already been disconnected, emotionless. Yeah, I think he did, but... His but holographic girlfriend is dead. Who does yeah. he answer to? I don't know. It didn't more seem like he's settled. Like he's he just he like, kind of dies. He kind of shuts down without dying. <laughs> yeah. And even though they were thinking about doing a third one, I liked how Jared Leto's subplot was not up in the air. I mean, that can keep continuing on. He's just a tool of the system mm-hmm. who's going to keep unleashing new cyborgs and yeah. replicants. Absolutely. And I like how Jared Leto is... Uh, Subdued. Yeah. He's a really good character. Uh, because... He's going batshit crazy, but he's not chewing scenery. Yeah. He's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. I love Jared He's a good Leto. actor when he has good roles. Um, and he's That goes for right any director. actor. Yeah. yeah. He has like good yeah. roles and he's under the right director. He's really, really good. Um, but um, in this film, he plays a blind guy. But, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's why his eyes are. His yeah, eyes he are plays a blind guy, but he's known as like the creator of the modern world, um, and he tries to see the world through his creations and everything. I still got to mm-hmm. see the short films that build upon his subplot. I know they're yeah. on the Blu-ray, but they were released online initially. Yeah. And like, um, so yeah, so his character is about like him trying to like look over the world through technology which is that whole uh idea of technology versus nature Mm -hmm. that whole thing and i also kind of think it also adds to this idea of uh in a world where i think i forgot what it was what how the world how the the, uh, phrase went well i think it was the in a world where uh people have no world In a world where people have no eyes, the blind man is king or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was kind of like that, how everyone is like focused on. Like, they really did a good yeah. job at upping the commercials this time around. Mm-hmm. Once again, not being distracting, you know, less of the, you know, sh- people eating sushi and more of the yeah. people just advertising just, yeah. you know, sexy parts of the world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, like, I know, like, I know my parents had this uh, gripe about the film that it also it showed a little bit too much nudity in the film. Oh, for God's sake. But, I don't remember. But I always, rated R. Yeah. You're not... You know what? I fell asleep during that movie. I did. <laughs> okay. I did. And, yeah, I believe you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe you. Uh, but, yeah, so I think, I, I always thought it was supposed to represent the perversion of technology. I always thought that's what The it was perversion and how... Uh, affairs aren't even a big deal adultery whatever you know people are not even bothered by (laughs) by the fact that yeah i'm fucking a robot you know (laughs) yeah yeah i uh yeah no i'm a loser Mm -hmm. deal with it (laughs) yeah and then there was this whole uh relationship between him with between uh k gosling's character and joy who plays the hologram 
No, not who plays it. Who is the hologram? Uh, Anna de Amas. Yeah, Anna de Amas. Um, she and... was really well used there. I just fresh off being in the hostage thriller Knock Knock. Mm, yeah. Oh, she was in that. Yeah, she's one of the With crazy. Keanu Reeves, right? Whoa. <laughs> then, Keanu, if we had to take a bunch of actors of the cyberpunk genre, I probably would have Don the Dragon Balls and then Keanu Reeves, then probably a bunch of other action thugs mm. like Arnold. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're in all these sci-fi movies that are based on all these cyberpunk novels. Yeah. Mostly, right? Right. Yeah. Now the relationship is interesting between Kay and Joy is that it's 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 based on what Kay believes is ge- like genuine, but it's not real genuinity. It's as genuine as he yeah. wants it to yeah. be because that's how she's programmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he and you learns, do feel sad yeah. when spoiler she dies. Yeah, she does <laughs> die, but he learns later on that everything that she said to him in the past were just was just pre-programmed. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. It's like it broke free mm-hmm. somehow, and it's like. Was did someone else program that? Mm-hmm. You know what? To get yeah, to? and that uh, he learns that everything that um, uh, that everything that he knew about the relationship was 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 a lie. It wasn't real. Yeah, and, and, then, and I like then, how we see more of his police department. You mm-hmm. know, his department was always implied, like, and Edward James almost returns there, and mm-hmm. for once he seems very interested. You know, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, and there is like it was cool having Robin Wright do have something additional to do and just be a hard boiled you know captain. It's oh like, yeah, absolutely. you will you know find the missing replicants by midnight. You know, oh, yeah. my hands are tied. Then there's the character of Love, who is the uh, uh, Jared Leto's like right hand robot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Then there's Love, and the thing about her character is that she tries to constantly want to be the best creation that uh, Leto's character made. Mm-hmm. So she's constantly trying to prove herself. Um, and especially when like the the climactic battle between her and Kay, when she subdued him for that brief moment, she says, like, I am the best, or something like, I'm the greatest. Or that was really cool, because it, it echoes... Uh, the initial, you know, thugs that played by Brian James and, you know, Daryl Hannah's character mm-hmm. in a way. And then she slowly kind of becomes just like the next of kind of Roy Betty, Rutgerd mm-hmm. Howard's character. <laughs> yeah, I am the ultimate cyborg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you guys think about uh, Bautista's character and his performance? You know, I, I'm a fan. You know, say what you will. If what well, I don't, everyone, he is slowly warming up. He's kind of the male equivalent of Gina Carano. He's. He's getting roles that are otherwise going to The Rock as well as becoming a reasonable A-lister in the B-action movie genre. (laughs) But there it was cool because that was a minor role just like his James Bond movie role, Spectre. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, now that you brought him up, his character kind of foreshadows all the other victims and criminals. Mm -hmm. You know, because he puts up a fight and whooped him. Yeah. All said and done, and he's just like we're all just like victim. Doesn't he say something to the like of we're all victims of our imagination or something like uh, that? I think so. Yeah, he um, and he has an actual conversation. It's not just a random fight. I mean, it gets your attention, but at the same time, it's not just for the hell of it. Yeah. It's just to show what goes on with the procedure. Yeah, and what do you guys think about? Because one of the things I like is when Harrison Ford does not show up until like the last. Hour it was a good of the tease. Film. I yeah. like how they didn't over-advertise it, and I liked how he was actually invested in it. Because, I mean, he was saying in interviews, he's like, yeah, I haven't even seen these new Star Wars movies, and 
uh, Expendables and Anchorman, and that's okay. I just had fun doing it. It's like, wow. okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Harrison Ford for you, because he has that kind of personality. Yeah, he's been doing it so long, it's easy to get he's washed up in it. But Oh, yeah, he's, he's the oldest of He's these. pretty gangster. <laughs> but Blade Runner was really, honestly, my favorite of his roles growing up because you know I already liked him in the Tom Clancy stuff you know mm-hmm. obviously Air Force One but I didn't like you know utter melodramatic shit like regarding Henry which is by the way was written by J.J. Abrams but uh, it, you know but it was cool seeing him grow out of the Star Wars mold which he wasn't used to and it's like okay he's a pretty badass detective yeah especially when he started out when he was doing uh, American Graffiti and all that. He's actually really good in Apocalypse Now, even mm-hmm. though it's a role anyone could play, but it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I like how he's briefing them all on the suicide mission. Mm-hmm. And you can watch him. Upcoming, the upcoming movie, Secret Life of Pets 2. He's a I, voice in that? Yeah. What the heck? I can't yeah. wait. He's at, I want to see that movie. Cyberpunk, I do want to see that movie. Huh? Speaking of Cyberpunk, he's really good in Ender's Game. Ender's Game. Which was basically what I call, like to call the well, no, that's what I was calling Divergent series, basically the Hunger Ender games, because that's basically what it is. Kids being assigned to fight mm-hmm. alien races. Yeah, that's what it is. So, Ruby, you say you didn't really like uh, Blade Runner 2048, what, uh, 2049, why is that? The one that just came out? The yeah. One? yeah. Yes. The because it was just, like, really slow. To me, it was really slow. And then I went to sleep. It was just you just fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't fall asleep in movies. Like, I really don't. I love watching movies. Were you just tired that day, or were you fully awake when you came Did you go to a Maybe midnight I was screening? Tired. <laughs> Maybe you were tired because you were Maybe awesome. I could watch it again. Mm-hmm. I just got the Blu ray, so. Do you yeah. recommend that I watch it again? I would recommend you watch it again. Try to okay. try I, your best. I'm going to try my I best. I still got to watch all four versions of the original. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maximum just, effort. Yeah. And like, okay. um, that sounds like a cyberpunk futuristic B action movie. Maximum effort. <laughs> like, um, what was I saying? Uh, I watched it on Movies Anytime, which is the digital. When, right. you, when you purchase the digital copy, that's Similar where it's on. So I, I had, <laughs> I, that's where I bought it. So, um, so yeah, there's that. Right. So, that's going <laughs> try Moving on. The next one on the list. Is oh no, oh no. There, okay, so okay, so this film won uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That is, this film won two Oscars: one for best cinematography and best visual effects. Oh, which yeah, when I saw be? that, I was like, what? Which one can this be? Yeah, and so it was. So when I watched the cinematography, I, I thought like, we were wow. still talking about Blade Runner. Yeah, this is Blade Runner. Oh, it uh, did win for this is, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's unheard of even back then because you know critics hated it back in the day. You know, uh, so when I watched it, it was it was it was really good because I'm I'm a big fan of Roger Deakins. Yeah, I think he's a really good. He did a good job of making it his own while also paying tribute to the original. What cinematography. else has he done? Uh, what else has he done? Various James Bond movies, Sicario, and um, yeah, uh, No Country for Old Men. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's the like exact that. same kind of Western vibe. Mm-hmm. Is like I told you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to see anything else. Like this guy, he he really knows how to paint a a, a painting in each frame. Yes, he's really good. He's a really good at coloring. The knob and him light. work yeah. together on everything else. Prisoners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, boy howdy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then he was nominated for three uh, other Oscars for best sound editing, best sound mixing, and best production design. It's wonderful. Evangelist soundtrack. Everything. 
Yeah. Another thing, one of the things I noticed about um, this film is that it takes place in Los Angeles, but a lot of things is written in Japanese. Yeah, it's all interconnected. It's building on the uprising of corporations around that time. Mm. Why Japanese? Why not but, Chinese? Well, because Jap- Japan was a big time, you know, okay. Rising Sun. Oh, okay. <laughs> type yeah, intrigue. Also, yeah, that's also not a thing about like a lot of cyberpunk films. So, like people, like a lot of production designers, look at it and be like, you know, it would make it really cool. <laughs> Japanese characters. <laughs> Japanese characters, maybe some Korean in there. Let's just do I mean, that. it's it. cool Let's to have it be punk. diverse, but you're right. Mm-hmm. There are occasions where it's like, and <laughs> like the recent Ghost of the Shell abomination that I cannot stand is like was confusing that way because it's like every other character was just speaking a different, you know, all speaking English, but they were all different races. It's like, so mm-hmm. what version of the future is this? Yeah, because <laughs> um, this is based on a ma- on a manga and an anime. Yeah. So. So manga. I would also I would suggest you watch the original anime film. Uh, so, oh yeah, I love all those. Yeah, I I really good. That, that um, was one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the I saw that. the cartoon that. show, the other spinoffs, even the CGI remastered. Mm-hmm. I didn't even like Ghost in the Show. I don't think I even watched it. I was confusing that one with Lucy. <laughs> yeah. I oh no, I we're not going to talk Lucy about that. Lucy, I liked. <laughs> oh, you like Lucy? Well, I liked the story. Okay. Like I'm intrigued by. You know the the capacity of our brains <laughs> of the human brain and how you know we haven't even unlocked all of it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I'm I'm intrigued by that idea. Yeah. So uh, the next film on my list is a film uh, which is a, a Japanese film made by Japanese filmmaker uh, Ketsuhiro Otomo, and it was made and it is the very popular, very well known anime film Akira. Yes. Yes. Yes, and it takes place in alternate reality 2019 Tokyo. And it's about like a secret military project endangers uh, Tokyo when it turns into like a biker gang. When it, tur- uh, when it turns a biker gang member played by Joshua Smith yes. uh, into a rampaging psychic psychopath. Correct. Yeah. And that only two teenagers, one of them played by Johnny and Bosch and the other played by Wendy Lee. Uh, and a group of psychics can stop. Mm. So that's what that film is about. And I thought it was a really good film because this is a, an anime film. And it's yeah. like, I'm not really into anime. Oh, snap. But this was the anime film. It came out. They're in, still talking about remaking it, and I'm like, yeah. this is just unfilmable. Oh, yeah. Are you into Wait. anime porn? Hentai? No, we're not into hentai. We're not going to talk about that <laughs> in this podcast. Samuel Jackson is, but not us. <laughs> When we went to Austin, there was this dude in a band, and he had the Nintendo 64 cube like oh on his shirt, God. and it said hentai. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. Very I should rocker. meet this dude just to tell 2000 him 2000 foot turtle. Okay. Way to plug. Right? Okay, so, but this was uh, the anime film That's that came movie. out in 1989. The makers of this later worked on the steampunk uh, film Steam Boy. Yeah, they did. They also made uh, the Ghost in the Shell film, also. Oh, that's right. They yeah. did all work on that. Yeah. And that's why I liked, I liked yeah. it. <laughs> and it was the first film that introduced anime to Western audiences. It really did. It, yeah. I can't see anyone being not inspired by it, because even if they didn't watch it, they definitely saw it back when Sci-Fi Channel aired edited versions of it, and mm-hmm. their kids, you know. Back in the day, Sam's Club used to have a really big anime selection. Oh, yeah. And they would sell stuff like this. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Robotech. Like, yeah. Everything you see animated manga here in America and the rest of the West is it's because of this film. If it wasn't for this film, it probably wouldn't have been. Oh yeah, have been here. And so this film is like incredibly iconic. Mm-hmm. And so it was also serves as a commentary um, about the atomic bombings in World War Two. Oh really? Yeah. And it, yeah, because the opening shot shows a Tokyo in 1989 when the film came out being nuked by an atomic bomb and it says that after the bomb nuked everything they the surviving Japanese rebuilt Tokyo into this like dystopian cyberpunk world mm-hmm. um, oh, so, that's a good story man. yeah and so Otomo uh, said that this film is supposed to teach uh, uh, the generation that didn't experience the bombings firsthand about the devastation that it that it had and the cultural right. impact that it had um, on the country and in the history. So, and it's supposed to be like about that whole world, like that whole uh, word of warning and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where can you watch it? Can you watch it anywhere now? You can watch it on Hulu. Oh, okay. Cool. Watch oh, it I have Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, we can watch it on I Hulu. I didn't see it on there. No um, I watched it on. I watched the dub version. Um, Damn. So. I saw it on YouTube years ago. <laughs> yeah, so I watched the dub version because I didn't want to... I, I, I was taking notes and I didn't want to constantly pause it because I didn't want to mm-hmm. read it. Reading <laughs> subtitles is cool. I love it's movies cool. like that. Yeah, oh, I can't watch any Hong One of my favorite <laughs> movies, um, I don't know if it's Chinese or Japanese, House of Flying Daggers. That's Chinese. Chinese. Still a good it's one. one of my favorite yeah. movies and I love watching the subtitles. That, Hero. Uh, Hero was good. Uh, the oh, other Hero, yeah. Uh, House of the Golden Flower or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Curse of the Golden Flower. Don't you Flower. love the drama? Yeah, it's, it's like... <gasps> it's more than even just costume drama in a fighting movie. And I have to tell people, I'm like, oh, it's a kung fu movie. I'm like, it's more than that. More than yeah. that. <laughs> it's Chow Yun Fat. <laughs> Come yeah. on. So we'll talk about kung fu movies in another episode. Stay tuned for that. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yes. yes. You got it. Yeah. You so, kung fu. So, yeah. So if you give this film a chance, I, tr- I promise you'll probably be Akira. like it'll turn into like a weeb. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, it's a really good film, um, and it's supposed to be about, Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the name kids, one of the other main characters' names, uh, Johnny Mbosh's character, uh, was his name. Was, I forgot <laughs> that one of our Power Rangers guys voiced it. <laughs> yeah, his name was uh, Canada. 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 Canada, but it's spelled with a K. Touch and every time he says it, I think he's saying like the country, <laughs> country Canada. Uh, oh, Canada. Oh, yeah. It really Shout gives a good. Canada. It really prepares it for other stuff like Appleseed and. And what? Oh, just other <laughs> uh, retro, you know, cyborgs fighting crime. And uh, yeah. in this case, like, the only real machinery in it is. The motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Like, the motorcycle is actually, like, a huge symbol in the film. It was supposed to be known as, like, it's supposed to be uh, visualized as, like, a symbol of power. It absolutely is, because everybody yeah. else is deserted in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and that was supposed to be, like, Canada's, like, biggest, like, prized possession. He values the bike more than everyone else. Like, there was this one scene where... Well, don't tell me I want to watch it. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers. No but, spoilers. Um, spoiler free. So, um, also, another thing is about this whole idea of machinery overpowering nature, that whole thing again, which is like a, a recurring theme in cyberpunk films. 
Um, that's also heavily like in, uh, uh, implemented in Akira as well, and also the use of the military in in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you guys? What do you think? Like the the military is supposed to mean in, in this film? Uh, it just you could. I wouldn't say it's like today's anime where there's this, or even American movies today where there's a sense of you know Navy propaganda. It's mm-hmm. more of a matter of just giving you an idea of what does the city do it's got you know a military force which is also kind of act as the mm-hmm. cops of the future also yeah but you also kind of like view it in akira it's like kind of also kind of viewed as like this like totalitarian force absolutely the dictatorship kind of yeah like when the uh there was this one scene where the general who's only known as the general in the english version <laughs> uh get uh, is told that he is indicted uh, and that he, he should like he is stripped from his title and he ends up just <laughs> shooting the guy in the face and he's like whatever I need I'm to kidding. rewatch that now <laughs> yeah and that, that's that's Call the a divorce alright <laughs> I'm gonna watch so Ruby are you gonna watch it yes yes but yeah. I feel like I already know everything you know there's a lot there's yeah, a lot uh, there's way more in that than <laughs> even that the female is actually pretty cool in that too alright <laughs> alright um, oh, there's so much. Is there another film? I got a couple more films. Um, Top ten. <laughs> the next film on my list is a four-time Oscar-winning film. Mm-hmm. It won for Best Film Editing, Best Sound, Best Sound Editing, and Best Visual oh, Effects. What is this? Yeah. And it was made in uh, 1999, <sighs> and it was made by two American filmmakers, the Wachowski sisters. Oh boy! And we all know what it is. Yes. It's the Matrix. I love oh, it. Yeah. But it's on my <laughs> list too. That's on my list too. Yeah, it's the Matrix, where a computer hacker learns from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, Keanu. learns of the mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against the controllers. And it also as it also stars uh, Lois Fishburne and Carrie Ann Moss. Wonderful role for her. Yeah, and so this film, it was like the epitome of cyberpunk films. It definitely reawakened people into it, and mm-hmm. a lot of people Stay complain about. Fam. Well, people complain about how critics were pretty, you know, ignorant about. Oh, this is so revolutionary! It's like, well, yes and no. I mean, it it definitely made a lot of Hong Kong style filmmaking better known to the general public, while mm-hmm. mixing in William Gibson's type of cyberpunk and mm-hmm. comic books movies. Well, at the same time, kind of doing what Tarantino does, put it in a blender enough to where it, they can call it their own. Oh, yeah. With the agents and all that. and Yeah. Building on total recalls, you know, red pill, blue pill mm-hmm. argument. Yeah, and like The Matrix actually also took inspiration from Ghost in the Shell and, and Akira and all yeah. those kind of films. Yeah, uh, even frames are generally taken wholesale. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but yeah. it's not to the point of distraction. It's like, okay, well, you know, they're, di- they're hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. They earned the right, you know, to just put that in there versus. I really in. just loved it because it had damn good acting and damn wonderful soundtrack. Good still, fucking uh, action uh, that tells the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has a good, clean story. Like it's not too confusing. One of the and best the villains music, of all time. Mm-hmm. Music. <laughs> yeah, but this I mean, film is the most one of some of the most philosophical films mm-hmm. that I've seen. Yeah. And, and it deals about that whole idea of reality and fantasy and if you want to even go into 
reality? Is that even what you want? Are you still content with this fantasy that you live? Neo kind of starts off as a consumer, but unlike all these other movies we talked about, he's not even really a satisfied consumer. He just kind of acknowledges it Mm -hmm. and starts noticing all this unusual text. You know, he becomes the unofficial rebel, which Mm -hmm. to this system is basically a terrorist, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, and then... You know, by the end of the movie, he's Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I'm yeah. actually a hardcore defender of all the movies. I know everyone likes to bash the sequels. I, I'm sorry. I just, the APU. I love them all. The, the APU I Defense of the City great. by me, for me, is just up there with all the Star Wars and Lord of the Rings battles. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're, you're on a popular opinion? Yes. popular opinion? Yep. Okay. I've only watched the first one. I haven't seen the other two. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah, just do a marathon one day. Okay. Like, Wait, um, where can you watch it? Can you watch them all somewhere I, now? Honestly, just get the big ass box set because <laughs> even if you go don't, to movie train well, well, because even if you don't like the second or third one, you're gonna love the Animatrix. Oh yeah, and the then you're gonna too. definitely love, and then you're gonna love uh, the Ultimate DVD pack has all those documentaries, which further this discussion on, you know, like they get actual, they get all the actors and filmmakers, and then they get a bunch of actual well-respected, you know, cyberpunk and philosopher. I cannot speak. Philosopher. Yeah. Philosopher. Philosophers. Why can I not say that? I know what that is. <laughs> Philosophers and yeah. counselors all on there oh, and yeah. talking about it. And it's just awesome. Like, there's one sole feature dedicated to the red pill and blue pill. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, man, and I mean, they're not talking generic stuff. Like, you can even find samples of this on YouTube. <laughs> just... mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about um, this film, it has like it's it's considered to be one of like the best openings out there it's like the correct way absolutely perfect opening yeah and it a phone conversation you don't know what it means until mm -hmm. 20 minutes in yeah it brings you in like immediately yeah it's what's known as like a hook where like it draws the audience in and it but from the get-go and keanu you know i'm sure he didn't know that he was going to revisit the cyberpunk genre but i'm sure johnny mnemonic definitely prepared him for this Mm mm-hmm Yet he's kind of like the opposite. He's similar, and yet at the opposite of mnemonic. Like like mnemonic, he pretty much is working a nine to five, you know, Wall Street type job in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Unsatisfied, yet knows that something's up. Something's unusual. Except instead of in you know encountering violence, he pretty much violence finds him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he gets drawn into it. And instead of just saying you know what the fuck is this all about, he's just like. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah, and this I want to be the badass now that I know yeah. I don't have muscles. I'm actually a wimp. And oh yeah, he's super epic in, machine. in John Wick. He was like the method. Oh, that was a cool build onto that as well. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Speaking of Keanu Reeves, I just I know y'all are gonna probably bash me for this, but oh, my favorite role for Keanu Reeves is Constantine. I, I you know, Con- people bash mm-hmm. on Constantine, but here's where I just have to give the middle finger to the comic book geeks. It might not be a good adaptation, but it's a good standalone movie. And it he didn't have the humor of the detective, but he still had the cool gadgets and the world. I and it's him. a cool it makes a cool double billing with other movies like The Prophecy and uh even all these exorcist knockoffs. <laughs> Ugh, no, I can't watch those. This is like the only movie that I can watch that involves exorcism. Oh, yeah. okay. So going back to uh Sorry. <laughs> going back to the Matrix. Matrix uh, this film is like loaded up to the wazoo with Christ imagery. 
Even some Homeland Security imagery. How about the scene where he's first being interrogated? How does anyone know if you can't speak? You know? Oh, yeah. That was pretty. <laughs> Close I don't see that imagery. Wait, in the Christ imagery? Yeah. There was constantly scenes where uh, Neo is, like, T-posing, like, in the like in a form of a cross. Constantly. Robocop has this imagery as well. Yeah. And then there was this one scene in the beginning where the guy literally calls him, you are, like, a Jesus Christ or something like that. Like in the beginning, he blatantly says that, and that was intentional. Yeah. The creators, well, the Wachowskis yeah. have said this multiple times. Like by the time he's fighting Smith in Part Three, you know, he's the Messiah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's God fighting, you know, not necessarily the devil, but a rebellious guy. You know, like like Agent Smith is pretty much in purgatory by that point. Mm -hmm. He's got all these clones of himself. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Neo is like. You know, he's bigger than the Matrix, so he's the God, essentially. Or yeah. Jesus Christ. The, the, the interesting... Jesus Christ. The interesting... The, the most interesting thing about uh, the villain, played by Hugo Weaving... Wonderfully Smith. cast. Yeah. And uh, the thing about the villain and the protagonist, the relationship is very interesting in this film. Mr. Because, Anderson. Yeah. We miss you. Yeah. <laughs> and for those who saw the recent uh, Mortal Engines by the Lord of the Rings creators, it's... Technically steampunk, but there's a few cyberpunk elements in it, and mm. I kid you not, it's like Hugo never left the Matrix world. He flat out milks it for all it's worth. He's basically Agent Smith in that movie, but if he built a city okay. and decided to bury anyone who defied him beneath him. But don't yeah. tell me, because I was wondering if that movie was good. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's I'm a cold hit. Uh, everyone who's a fan of the genre has loved it, you know. I'm mm. going to watch go that. Go check it. All right, go for it. All right. So, like, the... the because the thing about the protagonist, the antagonist, and the Matrix is that they both have the same same MO. They both want to destroy the Matrix. But the yes. difference between Smith and Neo is that Smith wants to destroy the real world. As Smith well. wants to make everyone his bitch while, yeah. you know, Neo wants to defy. Like, he, at first he's not even sure about teaming up with these rebels, especially since one mm -hmm. of them's a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> inside oh, yeah. Man. That was another thing. It's like this idea of... Uh, fan like the most beautiful of fantasies is better than the most harshest of lies. Um, it's just a love letter to thing. everything, yeah. uh, not just the genre, but also neo noir. Because mm -hmm. the Wachowskis have previously done other movies like Bound and Assassins. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and the thing about this this editor, I don't know who edited this film, but this editor is probably I did some who of the, the yeah some of the best editing work I've seen because the transitions are flawless. It's like they do mm -hmm. montages without overdoing the montages. Mm -hmm. Just the, like when you first see the fight choreography, you're distracted by you know the fighting. But then you you know a rewatch in the morning, mature when you watch rewatch movies is like no, this is to stage one. Yeah. <laughs> Morpheus is the badass. Stage two, Morpheus is the badass who's <laughs> been captured. Yeah. By the boss, the yeah. big boss. Now stage three, you know, Neo must now. <laughs> yeah, he must man up. Man yeah, up. now he, he doesn't have complete is. mastery, but even he's knowing his abilities. Mm. Well, the other thing that I really enjoyed about the film too is the costumes, like the costume designs. They were just... building on what Blade and X Men were doing around right. that same time. They love even Marvel. Dark City, which fans of either are like swearing, oh, they used each other's, you know, wardrobe and costumes, like they probably did. But yeah, I mean, there's what's no, wrong with that? Yeah, there's no harm in that. I mean, it's 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 a lot easier to do that. Same yeah, year exactly. as Star Wars prequels started going up. I'm sorry, this takes the cake for best visual effects of that year. Oh yeah, because they, they revolutionized. It tells the like, story. Yeah, visual effects and that whole idea of bullet time. Yeah. That was, that this was, was making like, John Woo stuff popular while making it its own. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It. And, and it's not for shock value either. 
it's really a shame when I would encounter so many people who like this movie just because of the action. I'm like, but there's more to it than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot, but the action was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, don't get me wrong. The you action need to watch the stuff. other ones. Why do I need to watch the other ones? Because you have to see all of them. They're I, all good. Yes, I have to see yeah, them. I mean, might as well. But, and if you don't like them, just turn on the riff tracks because every <laughs> movie is funny, even, you know, good or bad with commentary. Mm-hmm. And those guys, they're... That, in fact, now that I brought up riff tracks, that's actually one of their more amusing riff tracks because, like, one of them's not sure about the movie, another guy's not digging it because he's never big, not a big fan of visual effects um. blockbusters, and the other guy's really digging it because he likes that movie. So it's really funny seeing them kind of bicker. Bicker, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody loves drama. Oh, yeah. And while they're riffing drama the movie and making fun of it. <laughs> So, alas, we're at the end of my list. Oh, what a shame. For this next film is my number one. And it is... We're covering shows also, right? Yeah, we can do that. We can also the... It was made by Canadian filmmaker James Cameron. And this 1984 hit, The Terminator. Yeah, I'm there with you. Speaking of which, we got a little thing that I'm going to do later. Ah. (laughs) So this film is about a seemingly undistractable android played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and he is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a waitress, uh, Connor, played by, Connor. Yeah, played by Linda Hamilton. Who's, who's going to play her again. Yeah. Right. Her big role before Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. And then um, whose unborn son will lead to the humanity of war. <laughs> in a war against the machines while a soldier from that war played by Michael Bean is that a young Michael Bean Michael Bean uh, uh, tries to protect her at all costs yes and it's that film it's like it's a it's a, kind of like a cat and mouse film and, and yes James Cameron has said since then you know he was trying to you know George Lucas beat him to the punch with Star Wars and he was like god damn I gotta that's exactly what I had in my mind that I wanted to do when yeah. I left the Roger Corman, you know, B-movie house. Yeah. And then, you know, he saw Halloween and he's like, well, how about I, you know, mix in a stalker slasher movie in with, you know, a sci-fi movie. Oh, yeah. Well, and John Connor to this day is still one of my favorite heroes, even though every, you know, he hasn't been consistently played by one individual, you know. <laughs> and he's up there for me, you know, with Luke Skywalker and Strider, well, Aragorn, I mean, it, and Lord of the Rings. It kind of works in that way, though, because he is supposed to he be He may or may not up, exist. Right? And, and he may or may not exist. He's, he's the resistance god that keeps him going. And everyone likes to go, you know, Terminator 2, you know, that's the best one. I'm like, for me... As I grew older, Terminate T1, to me, is still the best in the franchise because, like you say, the detective work it was really inspirational for the action horror sci-fi genre. Like, you see movies like The Hidden and mm-hmm. X-Files taken off on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they all think, she's a lunatic. Yeah. You, you even see Sarah Connor's uh, presence echoed as the female heroine in Candyman, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like same kind of difference. No one believes her, even though this mm-hmm. on this menace is from the out of nowhere. Is to, yeah. kill her? Yeah. yeah. My favorite. What I love about uh, the Terminator is that it, the simplicity of it all. Like it's really simple. Yeah, that too. It's it really just, not that hard. It's robot. He made every shot. Woman. Guy must save her. That's it. And that's James it. said how he was having, and that's what I love about it more low budget filmmaking, but it looks like a bigger budget movie than mm-hmm. it actually is. It was $2 million yeah. it was shot for, and he was having to make, you know, not only rent equipment, but make every shot count, yeah. film without a permit. 
Oh, since, they even re-edited it. Since the, the budget of this film was $2 million, that is stupid low. That's Especially wonderful. For a film of this They didn't this want to power, give him anything extra. Yeah. And he was like, when I, you know, I'll just build on this all for part two. Mm-hmm. Orion guys... thought it was going to bomb. Mm. And, yeah, you know, yeah. MGM's now owned company, they thought it was going to bomb. They weren't going to put any more movies. They're like, nah, it's just more driving junk. It'll be out of in two weeks and, yeah, it, yeah. and by after two weeks it's like oh, we're not pulling this <laughs> oh yeah it's pulling this is in awesome. the bunnies yeah. this is also <laughs> the other sad part what? there will never be a Terminator box set because they're all owned by individual Different. companies oh, and yeah. it's like you're gonna have to collect them on your own I guess I actually recently rebought the original 2001 edition because what's a real shame is the Blu-ray has fucked it up by making it really really dark and hard to see Really? A lot of fans complained about this. Like, why is Michael being, you know, why is the shadow more detailed yeah. than his face in the factory like fight at the end? Increase yeah. the contour, like, all It's like, it's not needed. Like, they've done it, they do a real good job on the T2 Blu ray, which contains all three cuts of the movie. Yeah. But, oh, how many, like, how many cuts are there? Uh, there's, there's the theatrical, and then there's wow. the. James Cameron says he doesn't believe in, you know, special editions of director's cut, more just a complimentary. He did a complimentary cut. Okay. Which. Just put all the deleted scenes back in. Okay. You don't need them, but they really add to the T-1000, you know, what exactly he did at the mm-hmm. house massacre. Yeah. And uh, I I particularly like the additional scenes with John and the robot and the cyborg, like where Arnold smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of yeah. other fans cringe at it. It just gave it's me good, more humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, both of y'all have watched all the movies then, right? Oh, I watched like, the first one and then Genesis and that's it. Oh my God. Are you nice. kidding me? Oh. <laughs> and and then T Fr- and then the third cut of T two was the recently remastered 3D cut where they did some digging on some forums and took out all the movie mistakes okay. like the cameraman getting in the shot and That's and rem- CGI removing Robert Patrick's genitals. Is <laughs> like okay, I don't know who was looking, but that's fucking hysterical. Right? I didn't even know. Remastering the sound, and it. a lot of fans were noticing how it's very apparent that Arnold's stunt double Peter Kent is in the car chase. Oh, oh the I motorcycle, that. particularly when he falls down, you know. Oh. And hey, they didn't remove John Connor's stunt double, but it's like, yeah, let's CGI Arnold's face back onto his stunt double, <laughs> and they did a good job. It's not noticeable like yeah, the Star Wars. Uh, trilogy remaster. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but but I was gonna say, how are you not gonna follow the difference? Because like on the first Genesis, movie, I know a lot of people love Genesis, but Genesis is just a sore eye because it's like that's one of those other examples of bad homages, and then they try to introduce <laughs> a new like story. Yeah. Yeah. Other people like call at it the beginning, the Genesis. very first one, <laughs> Genesis. The first one, it's Arnold. Who's chasing her? Yeah. Who's trying to kill oh, her? Oh yeah. Yeah, and then the T two thousand or the T one thousand in the second one tries to. Kill right, her. and now he's the one that's trying to save her. It's a her. different model. So as model, yeah. you, what did you guys think about that twist? Whenever that happened, like oh shit! Now oh yeah, he's I the saw one that's gonna be trying back to, to back. Save her. These were my movies growing up. I would watch them each time they were on Sci Fi Channel. Along what did you think about them doing that twist? This made like, shotguns cool for me. This made just. <laughs> This made action mystery cool for yeah. me because it was more than just pew pew, you know, mm-hmm. robots of the yeah. future. It was actually, you know, kind of some terror elements mixed in with 
car stunts and again just unheard of even to this day you will not get better than that and again because it tells the story yeah. you know it's not gone in 60 seconds where the car chase is the movie yeah, yeah. now uh, to answer your question like i thought it was a really good idea because it shows that the terminator is not good or it's not bad it's just following it's programmed that's, yeah yeah that's but yeah. is it because at the idea. end just the whole acknowledging it and doing the thumbs up yeah is yeah. it closer and yeah. t free for me growing up i actually I liked because it was just a rehash of everything I liked about T2. People give it shit because, yes, the CGI is not good and it's just more summer blockbuster cash in. Mm -hmm. Salvation is more of a Battlestar Galactica episode. I look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, the TV show that they did, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, is actually pretty well liked by the fan community. Mm -hmm. I did not I, know they made that. I totally recommend both seasons of, two seasons of it because Lena Haiti, before she was in Game of Thrones, she was... I'm sorry. She's one of my. She's probably the best. Was she Cersei? She yeah. She was Sarah Connor on that show, and she was amazing. Mm, I could see that. They took another Game of Thrones, you know, gal for Amelia Clark, and I'm sorry. She just wasn't cutting the mustard. She and Jay Courtney were. I did not buy as Kyle Reese or Sarah Connor. Don't get me wrong. The movie was beneath them in Genesis, but it's like, no, <laughs> they're not even trying. Come with me if you want to live, but they're doing it just for fan service versus having any meaning. Yeah, and like uh, the thing about the Terminator, what I like about what Cameron did is that he used this uh, effective use of space, where it's like every all the chase scenes are in this confined area, mm. in this narrow uh, plane. Even when they were being chased on the highway, they're confined to just a tunnel. Right. Yeah, and that was really. You amazing. feel isolated from the rest of the city. It's a personal battle, yeah. like High Noon. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like uh, relate to the Terminator and Reese uh, being like uh, the Greek mythology of the of the Minotaur and the Greek hero in the labyrinth. Really? And they're, yeah. And William H. Wisher, you get his uh, the co-writer. It's cool seeing him. Do you remember the cop who gets knocked out in part one of T one? Mm. Longest time everyone thought he gets killed. He actually shows up in the shopping mall scene. And you see him, he's got like a kid and a wife. Uh, I and don't remember. Uh, yeah, and it's just a funny cameo, but he's actually playing the same cop who was knocked out in part one. Uh, and he's like, oh uh, shit, it's that guy who, you know, start, you know, the naked man who killed me. Okay. Oh yeah, I think I remember And that. you get his love of the action genre while having all this, you know, it's short on dialogue, but it's effective dialogue. It doesn't, you know, seem like one dimensional like so many of today's movies yeah and you you see so many from this point up so many of this line of movies just two stars either you know them or you don't facing off mm -hmm. for two hours you know with heat face off all those types of movies mm -hmm. <laughs> throughout the rest of the 90s what you don't see is their mastery of the visual effects you see so many distracting visual effects well what this one is like this was upping their game, and because they were the first to use it, they took their time making sure it served the story. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of my list. Um, I'm going to go on to who's next. Uh, Ruby, do you want to go I'm going to run through mine. <laughs> way over time, Nate. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Mike. We did. That's why we have a wonderful editor named Nathaniel. Yeah, okay. So my favorite, like I said, was Total Recall. The yeah, My favorite old, I would say, like back then, Cyberpunk, would Total Recall... Terminator. I like Judge Dredd. I like oh, yeah, Sandra yeah, yeah. Bullock. Which one? The, the, oh, the original. One, the yeah. original. I like. I love Sa the acting of Sandra Bullock and um, 
the chemistry oh, wait, wait, between wait. her and Stallone. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Like, You're I talking like... about Demolition Man. That's is Demol- that Demolition Man? Yeah. Demolition Man. Oh, that is. <laughs> I love that one, too. And Wait, this... is that Cyberpunk? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, totally. They're corporations. Okay, and... then that's what I meant. Like, Demolition I Man. Military police. The most evil corporation. Yeah. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> Schwarzenegger got to be president. No, snap. And Matrix. <laughs> Matrix, of course, was like the my entire trilogy or just Yeah, the entire part. trilogy. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and then my favorite newer cyberpunk movie. Oh, wait. I was going to say Ghost in Shell, but I, that's when I confused it with Lucy. So, <laughs> <laughs> all righty. I loved Lucy. Oh. It's all good. So. Oh, show them your, uh, your thing. Oh, yeah. This is my Stranger Things notebook that my friend gave me. It's it's possessed. No, it's not. So, you pretty much got most of my list knocked out of the way. I already had Matrix, T1, the first, both Blade Runners on there. So, we're going to get to a lovely one that I recommend. I recommend the Trancers franchise to fans of Cyberpunk because it's a mashup of Terminator, Back to the Future, and Blade Runner. What's it called? Trancers. And it's just uh, it's a cult hit. It was back when Full Moon was, you know, becoming the number one, you know, home video franchise. Although a lot of their movies that started out as drive-in cult classics. Yeah. What's it? Uh, what's it about? Uh, it's about that's just it. A uh, cop going back in the future to stop you know someone close to him from oh, being killed okay. by these. Uh, they're kind of like zombies without you know being actual zombies, just these killers who are gonna fuck with the time continuum. Ugly and things. Uh, pretty much, and part three was is often regarded as the best of the franchise, and I agree. Tim Thomerson uh, is just a wonderful. Uh, both as, as an actor and a movie star, uh, action star, and this is just the most thrilling segment by this point before it goes downhill. And I just love the time travel stuff because it works in a way kind of like the one oh, I like and Terminator, even just where it's just creative mm. as opposed to confusing yeah. for the sake of bullshit, you know. So how many movies is there? Oh, God, there's six of these. Uh, stick with the first three. Don't watch part four and five, which were cheaply shot in Romania and just look like a really bad after school special part mm-hmm. six I haven't seen and I probably never will <laughs> uh, next up Star Trek First Contact the entire show Next Generation itself has plenty of cyberpunk lovers dreams you know mm-hmm. virtual reality the hologram simulator voice activated computer data is just a fascinating sci- android because he's a character but he's also got emotions built into him and this one, you know, was just the best uh, standalone, in my opinion, of the track movies because it's just a good spaceship takeover scene. Picard is literally doing his best John McClane and Die Hard oh, awesome. takeover. And it's also just a cool... It also incorporates a lot of Back to the Future, you know, stuff in there by having them go back in time to stop this, you know, cyborg race from wiping them out. Yeah. <laughs> and otherwise, you know, everything will cease to be... <laughs> And so you got a bunch of NASA mystery in there as well as, you know, spaceship takeover. That's a a lot of allusions to Moby Dick also. Oh, nice. This is my ship. We will not destroy it. (laughs) That sounds a lot like something from uh, Herman Melville. I think that's his name. Yes, I think they did build on that. And it's just one of a kind, you know. You, you can hate Star Trek all day. You're not going to get anyone to admit that this is a bad movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Next up, uh, Minority oh, uh, Report. Oh, before we go into that, where can we watch uh, Star Trek if we can? You can they're currently, all this month, all the track movies are on Showtime, and 
I mean, I'm sure they're on Hulu. There's no shortage of them, you know. And all the shows are all on, you know, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu. You know, there's no shortage of finding them. You will find them. Okay, awesome. Okay, Minority Report. Minority Report. Spielberg again. uh, Fun fact, this was meant to be a sequel to Total Recall. Oh, nice. And and this is a funny long long story short. Verhoeven was going to make it. His former cinematographer, Jan DeBont, who had done other movies like... He had previ- he previously had shot movies like Hunt for Red October and The First Die Hard, and then he made his debut directing movies like Twister and the Speed films. And he basically got word that his old, you know, accomplice Verhoeven was going to do a sequel, and he kind of talked to all the other producers and stole the script from him, and he was going to make it. And then next thing you know, it goes on made because it, you know, it keeps changing companies and then finally the script goes over to Spielberg's people so he gets final say on it and those guys only get a producing credit because they made a contribution to the script at one point and it just becomes a a lot of people don't know this so this yes Tom Cruise is running in this but it's more to it than that it's actually a pre most people overlook this this is more than just a fugitive in the future movie or a matrix type movie it's also uh, illusion on futuristic homeland security. Mm. You know, they're all future cops. That everybody is a threat. You know, yeah. uh, and just the whole seeing into the future. Oh, I'm the murderer, or am I? You know, mm. and the fact that the machine has faults in it, or does it? Yeah. Who programmed it? Especially if someone messed with it. Mm. This was followed by a god awful TV show spinoff. Despite its cast and even showing clips from the original movie, it did not take advantage of it. It failed to stand out at the side of any police procedural or sci-fi movie. So it was short-lived, but for good reason. So stick with this movie. Have you, you guys have seen this? Minority Report? Yes. I have not. Really? I, Janusz Kaminski, you know, has been Spielberg's cinematographer on all his all his movies since uh, Schindler's List for the most part. And these visuals are probably the most wonderful because you do see Tom Cruise in a vulnerable state. I do like how instead of cloning, we have all these supernatural beings who mm-hmm. can see into the future. They're basically the batteries of the system. Yeah. <laughs> and the advertisements are very much like Blade Runner, but they're also done in a way to kind of foreshadow what kind of a zone he's going in when he's on the subway, when he's at the airport, when he's running away. Yeah, this is Tom Cruise, right? And Tom Cruise, but not intrusive Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Like, he's not in Mission Impossible or the firm mode. He's... Okay. You know, this is before we, you know, we make fun of his couch you jumping. Can't catch me, gay thoughts. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> and you can Tom definitely Cruise see running. the influence in other movies. Yeah. Uh, Next up. Oh, uh, what can we watch Minority Report? If, if we I... I don't know. We... You're going to have to get the DVD. <laughs> or the Blu-ray. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. It's just... It's on HBO every once in a while, so right. if it's on late at night and you don't want to go to sleep yet, put it on. You won't be just... TNT for a while would have it on every other Saturday when they didn't have the Matrix <laughs> heat on. <laughs> next up, Nemesis. Nemesis, next. Directed by the infamous Albert Pion of Cyborg fame. This one is actually a well-reviewed movie. This one was actually contains a big chaotic shootout sequence that the first Underworld movie ripped off by having a character shoot its way out uh, of a wall that goes down five different floors <laughs> and this just is a nice mix of you know ele- ro- robot elimination squads even though it's got a bunch of b-movie actors as well as a then unknown thomas jane it's a uh, very interesting just it's just a well done mix of john woo blade runner and total recall 
Awesome. Next up, uh, well, and once again, you're gonna you can easily YouTube this sucker. Okay. Get an action yes. movie pack. Next up, The Running Man. I had to have an Arnold man. movie. I hated this when I first saw it, but it grew on me over time, and I just realized, you know what? The one-liners are worth it in it, worth it alone. And you see this movie's influence on the remakes of Rollerball and Death Race by having, you know, contestants kill each other on a reality show. And here you got Arnold once again as a, uh, you know, and much this is a cool free year precursor to Total Recall, mm-hmm. except instead he's like a cop who is just flat out speaks out saying, no, I will not destroy these people. And much like Demolition Man, he <laughs> just gets thrown into all these games I that he's supposed to fight. You've never seen Oh, uh, let me sum it up for you in one sentence, and it's a kick-ass line. I hope you've got room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a wonderful... That is the best Arnold okay, line out of all this. Okay, I'm going to watch it. Stephen King just owned this movie that it was based on because it had a little to do with his book. Mm-hmm. And he had a little say in the matter and he did not want his name on it. Which so he, book? Uh, I, I, I forget what it was called, but yeah. I, I can't even name anyone who's even read it. That's the thing. But oh, all right. Anyway, yeah. The Running Man. That... Is a favorite of HBO Showtime. It comes on TNT once in a while. All right, next. And we're going to end it there for movies with RoboCop. Oh, the original one? The The very original, you know, because you can enjoy the one sci-fi channel miniseries, even the remake to some extent. Uh, This one, again, is the introduction to Verhoeven's satire and Jesus worshipping, but, you know... By blending in cop movies with uh, a lot of the Blade Runner mentality, you know, how much of him is human versus how much of him is just robot. a robotic yeah. cop. <laughs> uh, how he of, fights the system. Speaking of Running Man, it's available on Prime, Tubi, and Showtime. Well, good. Oh, I have Prime, I didn't know. <laughs> All right, so uh, Robocop. What else Robocop is just a lovely... I don't know anyone who hates this movie. I don't. You know, it's a perfect... You know, yeah, double feature I, with I the Terminator. I wasn't mad at it. I mean, yeah, I saw it and I liked it. The original. Uh. <laughs> I didn't like the new one that much. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, good, know. good news. What? The writers are getting together to produce their unproduced sequel script directly to the movie, and I think they're going to do what they did with the new Halloween, where they're not going to acknowledge the last two sequels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, because for a while they were talking about doing a sequel to the remake, which I really wanted to see, but I think. This is a perfect compromise because Verhoeven's never going to come back to the States. He got sick of playing the Hollywood game, doing a studio compromise. And I forgot who they were attaching to this one. Oh, Neil Blomkamp. Okay. Who did District 9 and Elysium and Ruby's favorite, uh, Chappie. 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 (laughs) Is Chappie cyberpunk? Yes. Uh, Yeah, it totally is. Oh, okay. I want to say. Dealing with cyborgs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now I gotta do top ten cyberpunk shows. Okay, <laughs> what do you guys got to say for that? Uh, I think we kind of gotta wrap it up because we're way over. Yeah, time. Oh, so shit. I'm gonna just say what I was gonna do creatively. I was just thinking that uh, Terminator, since we all love Terminator, oh, an oh. easy DIY outfit is uh, when you go to Man Dentistry to get your free cleaning and you get these glasses right here. You just oh, put them shit. on, throw That's on a gray. <laughs> Shirt and then a leather jacket, and that's it. And you will be Terminator and just be like with a deep voice and say, What kind of what, what would you say as a Terminator? In a deep voice, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs>
Okay, and then I was gonna make treats, but I didn't have time. So here are some candies from a birthday party that my kids went to. It's their candy, so they made it through this stuff. All right? Oh. All right, we are done. Yes. And that is the end. Take candy. Right. Candy. Candy. Thank you much. Okay, goodbye. Thank everybody. you. Thank you for watching. I bid you adieu. All right. Oh, but what are we, we going to discuss uh, next time? Oh, um. Uh, I'll think about it. We'll get back. Well, no, no, no. I have to say it now, right? Yeah, say it um, now. Okay, well, I wanted to do. Are we just going to stick with movies? We can do anything. TV shows. Yeah. I wanted to. Best action shows. Best sci-fi shows. Some move. Uh, some some music. A lot of music. Oh, yeah, movies about music? music. I guess we can do that. Yeah. Musicals? No, not musicals. I don't want to do musicals. We can do soundtracks. <laughs> soundtracks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But I also want to throw in some kind of like what kind of song, what kind of music you're listening to and stuff like that too. Can okay. we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All right, there it is. Music and soundtracks. All right, bye. Bye. There we go. <laughs>